Hello and welcome to the Pop Culture Federation podcast and we're here to continue and talk about the MCU and this is phase two. I'm your host Mikey. I'm Matt. And allegedly my name is Ron. You heard our episode about phase one and all of our thoughts and opinions so we're going to continue that with going into phase two. Phase two is arguably the weakest phase of the current three phases of the MCU uh, by most fans. However, there are some gems hidden in here but overall it was some of the least more popular least popular movies of the MCU um, I think going into phase four we're gonna have some duds but I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was a dud and I was wrong yeah so and you probably also thought coming in at the time that like Iron Man 3 is gonna be like hot cakes man debomb.com we, hmm? we all thought that yeah we all float down here and some of us That's were not right. the case with this movie, our first entry into MCU Phase 2, we're coming off the heels of The Avengers, the first superhero team-up movie that came out in 2012, was a massive success. And riding on that coattails was this hot piece of garbage wow. called Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 came out May 3rd, 2013. Matt, why don't you give us some of the background info about that? I'd love to, Mike. So it was directed by Shane Black, who did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and was going, led on to do Predator in 2018, the remake, and was also the writer of Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. Both are fantastic movies, by the way. Actually, I, I, pref- I prefer the uh, Six Flags stage show. I didn't know that was a thing. That- Carry on, that. <laughs> uh, it was screenwritten by Shane Black and Drew Pierce, who wrote Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Hotel Artemis. The executive producer is our future friend, Kevin Feige. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> the budget was $200 million. The box office growth was $1.215 billion with a B. I think if you said, you know, 2-1 or 2-5, I think it, when you're in the billions, it's irrelevant. I had to be specific. Just because it's, you know, billion with a B. B-b-b-billions! Uh, let me see. And the cast is... RDJ is reprising his role as Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man. Gwyneth Paltrow as Peppa Potts. Yeah, Peppa Potts, PP. PP. <laughs> uh, Don Cheadle as Rhodey. And Guy Pierce as Alder Killian. Rebecca Hall as Maya Hansen. And Sir Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin. Trevor Slattery. As the Mandarin. I forgot Wink, he's a sir. wink. Trevor, Trevor Slattery. <laughs> So, this hot piece of garbage, this movie sucks. It is my least favorite of the MCU. Wow. I Before I give a high-level overview of this terrible plot... Jesus. ...where you can waste two hours and change of your life on this garbage, garbage movie, um, going into the theater, everybody and their mother had high hopes that this movie was going to be gangbusters and better than Iron Man 2, which was way better than this movie. And it... Turned out to be a hot, steaming pile of crap. You don't at me, please. I do not want to get involved with it. I hate this movie. Oh no, it I'm going sucks. to at you, Mike. No, because you and I have 
going to have some arguments in phase three. Yeah, good, good. No, no, no this is phase two. We're going to argue right now, Mother Mike. So Robert Downey Jr., uh, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, <laughs> Tony Stark, has kind of a PTSD from the events of New York. They decided not to go down the Iron Man story in the comic book of his alcoholism and substance abuse issues. So they went this route. Aldrich Killian invents Extremis. Extremis was a thing in the comics. Um, poor choice in villain. Um, poor choice in execution. Iron Man meets this 10-year-old kid. Uh, shows him the way, I guess. I don't know. This movie sucks. It just, it's just bad. The plot is terrible. Um, the Mandarin, solid MC, solid Marvel villain, is reduced to a joke. Uh, it's um, spoiler alert. Would you not miss him much? He's the, an actor. These are Mike's Slattery. opinion, by the way. Um, You'll never opinions. see the twist coming, brother. <laughs> so those like YouTube videos that they were showing in the movie of him acting as the Mandarin and as this terrorist were actually pretty good. Yeah. And if it was true that he was the Mandarin, those would have been solid. And it would have been like, oh, like this dude is a crazy person. And he's like kind of like Joker-esque, striking fear, doing all that, creating chaos. Cool. I'm on board with that. Uh, Tony Stark has this PTSD, whatever. Cool. I can get on board with that. Fine. Not extremists where these people are bombs and then you throw in the Mandarin for no reason, but really Aldrich Killian is behind it, and he just wants to get in the Pepper Potts pants, and he shows her a thing of his brain, and uh, at the end of the day, she gets the extremist, saves Tony, doesn't die or explode because, you know, you need a love story. He gets over his PTSD, suddenly doesn't have it anymore. This movie goes nowhere. It's what? absolutely pointless. That is not true. And Merry Christmas to everyone. And it took place during Christmas, I think, because it snowed. Um, nope. It, it did, <laughs> did not. It's a Christmas movie. It uh, snowed at something. Die Hard's a Christmas movie, too. So, um, no, it's not. Die Hard yeah, is not a Christmas, Christmas movie. And it's uh, not a Christmas well, movie. You know, we're going to have a Christmas podcast, and then we're going to talk about how Die Hard's a Christmas movie along with Gremlins. Both those movies are way better than this piece of crap. Okay. So, um, so before we give grades, I have two questions. Oh, grade is F. And that's Fine. Being we generous. literally Completely. just said before we give grades. Sorry. I mean, There's insulting. no point in talking about this piece of shit. Well, I guess... Ron, let me ask you Sorry, a question. Sorry, Kevin. I know you're a friend of the show, but... Ron, do you think people get give this movie such a bad reputation because their expectations were way too high leading after the Avengers? Yes, I think that exactly... Uh, should, no, should I just give my grade? Because Mike gave his. Like, should we just go at it right now? Go ahead, you're wrong. Okay, well, my grade for this is a B. Because wow. it's you're a... dumb. Are you kidding me? Okay, Mike, tell me, besides the twist, what was wrong with this movie? Okay, give, give me boring. facts. Give me facts. Everything. Are you kidding me? It's boring? What? Tell me what was good. The final battle scene is one of the best in MCU history. No. Mike, uh, come on. Yeah. No, it's just Mike. a rehashing of two. It is not. It is fundamentally is not. Okay, if take Pepper, out the twist. Pepper. And Mike, most people like didn't read the comics and didn't know who the Mandarin was. Like, take that twist out and like just do that. This movie is a good movie. And it's a good twist too. It's just that people got duped and like I'll say I will say this, like 
it's bad on Marvel that they kind of did like this kind of marketing to like make people think it was one thing and then it turned out to be a completely different thing. But also movies kind of do that all the time. Uh, Go watch. uh, Sorry to bother you. Trust me on that one. But like, just forget. That was a great movie. Forget the twist. And yeah, Sorry to Bother You was a good movie. And that twist, though. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. No, Iron Man was a good movie. Good acting. It was a good plot. And what do you mean that he didn't, that he just dropped or that he did drop his PTSD? What do you think his motivating factor in Age of Ultron was? And Civil War. Like, come on, man. Um, no. Uh, Guy okay. Does, uh, Great. Better role. <laughs> nice uh, the rebuttal there. <laughs> the motivating factor. In, Kevin Bacon was not in Footloose. <laughs> the motivating factor in Age of Ultron was the uh, little boy who died. Um, not are anything. You, are you talking not, about Civil War? Um, yo, yes. I'm sorry. He died from Age of Ultron. Uh, Age of Ultron was so that way he can. All right, sure. He can. He doesn't have to go fight, and he can make a robot go do it because his PTSD is still there. Sure, but they kind of this movie they go real into it, and then it's only brought up ever so slightly later. Um, it's just bad, dude. It's like the ending. The last fight scene is not that great. Uh, it's all dark. Nothing's going like nothing really <laughs> interesting time. happens. I mean, Pepper, it's not Battle of Winterfell. If Pepper yeah. blew up, that would have been way better. But she's and that McQueen. would have given this movie an F plus. I okay. It's boring. It's just straight up boring. The whole middle is like when he finds the kid, and the kid like is just just hey, you know, you shouldn't be sad and hate yourself, and you should save me because I'm a little boy and I'm going to be at your funeral in the future. Well, like you unintentionally brought up my second point that I was going to... This movie kind of, to me... What happens in the middle? Nothing. This movie... You're right. Nothing happens in the middle. It's not like he's showing off his skills and proving to himself that he doesn't need to be Iron Man and he can do other things. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Can can I... Matt, can please. I, can I talk now? Are, are you, mom and dad, are you done fighting? You know, we're going to have a watch along, you and I, n- next time you're here. And you and I will do a watch along and we'll record live commentary. And I will point out the exact moment why this movie sucks. Fair? Deal? Sure. I'm never going to And then there's one movie in phase three <laughs> that you think sucks, that I think is fantastic. And we'll watch that one too. And we'll do the same thing. Great. And so I might follow You get asleep, one and I get so. one. My commentary well, might be snoring. <laughs> Go ahead, Matthew. Oh, it's my turn now. <laughs> Tell us your wrong opinion too. No, I, I mean my opinion. I mean, I was just gonna split the difference and give it a C minus. You gave Thor an F. Yeah, you were wrong. It was a solid, not F. Mike is just trying to fight somebody right now. I wish in in school I got that a solid, not F. <laughs> I'm only giving it a C minus because I don't want to give it a worse grade because I don't like the movie based on my expectation after the Avengers. Like I remember walking out of the movie theater, looking over to Ron, who I saw it with and just was like, wow, that was a wet fart. I I have to admit, I I didn't like it the first time through because I was also, I was in the boat of, oh my God, I hate the Mandarin twist. But then like when I watched it the second time, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of over it. Yeah. 
And the big thing for me, like, this movie kind of brought to my attention that a, a big problem in Marvel movies is that a lot of these movies don't have stakes that carry over to the next one. Like you said, like, Pepper Potts gets extremis, but, like, you know, she's fine. You know, she powers through it because love her. <laughs> something. And riddle me this. Good point. If this movie didn't exist, would the MCU have still flowed the same way? Yeah, I would say so. Cool. So it's pointless? Yeah, that's why I'm not giving it a good grade. It's dumb? I gave it a not F. And it sucked? It was just bad. It was worse than okay. If you own it, burn it. I don't. Well... I'm waiting for that new uh, Marvel box set that has all of the. Oh, I am definitely 4K. Thrown against the wall. <laughs> but it is five hundred and fifty dollars. Did you hear that? You're yeah, but that's probably about. It's like twenty something movies. Divide five hundred and fifty by thirty four right now, Ron. I'm doing it. Calculator. Don't using my non calculator. Wait, no, it's only like twenty two movies, isn't it? I thought it was all of the movies. Yeah, isn't that twenty two? I don't know. I don't know numbers. Okay, so it's twenty five twenty five bucks a movie. Yeah, that's fine. That's like a Blu ray. Yeah. It's like three bucks more than a Blu ray. I guess you buy, but mine are not twenty five dollars. Mine are ones that I buy Oh, mine are like the four K. Mine are fourteen. I go to the Well, they're all the like four K ones. Anyway, I used to go track. I go to the five ninety nine Blu ray bin at Best Buys. Let's talk about the actual worst movie of the MCU right now. Shall we? Let's go on this journey together. Captain. <laughs> I really feel like I didn't emphasize how much Iron Man 3 sucked. Okay, we're not done wrapping. We didn't wrap this bow yet. I'm pretty sure that you did, Mike. We get it. You hate Iron Man. I I like this, this Iron movie, Man. I'm not, not going to lie. It made me actually dislike the character Iron Man as well as the Iron Man, all the other movies. I think it brought them all down. A lot of people give 2 a lot of shit. And I think in a in the vacuum of the trilogy, two is not that bad. Two is not that bad compared to a lot of these movies on this list. It was just fine. It was there. Two wasn't necessary. I'll I'll, I'll say it. It you didn't need it. Like I think you, you were the one to give two the worst grade out of the three of us. Also, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Ron and I were both like, we gave it B's and you gave it like a D or something. No, I actually like two. Are you sure? I didn't like one. Shit. Too much, but I gave one a high grade because it was the first one. Oh, okay. I like two. I think two's fine. I think two. Check the tapes. Um, <laughs> Check the documents. I okay, Matt. Two... So, so uh, Thor: <laughs> The Dark World. Anyway, just go on the next one because uh, right. I hate Iron Man three. So the next movie is gonna be a goodie, and by goodie I mean Better the wettest of farts. Oh, hell no! Mike. It's a Thor movie. So this one is Thor The Dark World. This one came out November 8th, 2013. Director was Alan Taylor, who directed some Sopranos episodes, as well as Game of Thrones and Terminator Genesis. Big yikes. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but the screenwriter, Chris uh, Rios, yeah. is pretty solid. He's a cartoon writer. He wrote the X-Men Evolution series, created the character X-23, and then Marcus and McFeely, who went on to write some of the best ones. So... We had pretty good writers. Um, to, to be fair, executive. Marcus and McFeely were more kind of like they were just there to help the script along because the shooting script that they had was kind of bad. And there were even stories of like Joss Whedon being flown in on a private jet, 
like day of shooting on the set to rewrite scenes. Yikes. Yeah. Fact check that. Uh, executive intern. produced was intern. Fact check that. Thank you, intern. Executive producer is our future friend and guest, Kevin Feige. <laughs> love you, Kevin. The budget was two hundred. Love me after hating Iron Man three. Yeah, you you blew it. You really blew it. You blew if it. It was my fault. I will. I don't know. You probably can't even buy his affection back with Korean barbecue. <laughs> That's a way to a man's heart. Korean barbecue, by the way. I know. The budget is $272 million, with a box office of $644 million. And it, it, it the cast is the same lovable crew as Chris Hemsworth, as Thor, Natalie Par- Portman, as Jane Foster, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, <laughs> and Christopher Eckerson, Mr. Doctor Who. Who? Doctor Doctor Who. I can't actually pronounce it. Malekith. Malekith. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> It's almost anyone, as if no one remembers or cares about this movie. Does anyone actually know the plot? Uh, Malekith's the Dark Elf. Do you mind if I explain he, it? Please go. Sure, you have 30 seconds. <clears throat> Tell me when my time starts. It started five seconds ago. Okay, so Malekith is all like, yo, man, I'm going to make the world all dark. And then Thor's grandfather was like, mm-mm, no, you ain't. And then Malekith was like, oh, darn, I can't. And then Thor, like like 2,000 years in the future, is like, oh, man, I got a, I got my, my girlfriend Jane, and she's hot. And I, I'm all about that hammer, yo. And then, like, the ether is just like, nah, dog. And the Malekith is like, oh, man, I got to do some things. And then, like, so, like, the worlds are kind of, like, lining up for the first time in, like, thousands of years. And Eric Selvick is naked. And then Thor is like, yeah, Five, yeah. And then, yeah. Four, okay. Three. <laughs> and then, two, like, things happened. And one yeah, that's time. about it. You forgot the most important part of the movie, Ron. The part where Chris Hemsworth is on the train and he gets hit on by that girl. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say the intern to the intern, but... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this movie is the worst movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No. Gets an F. No. No. The, I almost fell asleep Watching seeing this you? movie in the That's theaters. That's a problem. <laughs> sure. Any Thor movie up until Ragnarok is trash. No. And this including it. Hey, so. Thor 1 is pretty good if you can stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the greatest <laughs> but it's not pure garbage like iron man 3 yes it is in no. this case it is it's a d wow that's bra- how can someone be so brave it's, so full. <laughs> it's a d plus i'll go there no pluses no, oh wait no no minuses no minuses, no minuses. this Idiot. is a college course damn it <laughs> it's i mean it's more of a comic booky movie than any of the other ones it's uh, it had a comic booky like villain plot like the when Loki gets his or Thor gets his arm chopped off but doesn't really. That's very like comic book like twist because there was a comic book screenwriter on it. I like how you say Loki. Loki gets his arm. <laughs> Loki. He um. It you know introduces the uh, the ether which is, ends up being one of the Infinity Stones. Um, <gasps> Malekith I thought was a pretty good villain. Um, at least Why are you giving this movie a, a point? <laughs> Unlike, you know, Guy Pierce's character, which is no point. Um, Natalie Portman gets the uh, not seen again. So we don't know what happened to her because she got the, the, the ether. The bond between Loki and Thor, 
uh, further, like the develop their the story and the relationship between these characters. They don't hate each other. <clears throat> Again, why are you much. giving this movie a D? <laughs> um, I just think like the the acting was was like poor. I mean, it was if this was a comic book, like a straight up comic book, and it was like a, a one shot or a couple issues, I think it would have been a better story and better tool. I think it was meant for the 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 pages of a comic rather than the big screen. Like and. Like two hours didn't give the the story enough time. No, I feel like a lot of other things would have needed to have happened, and like you really would have needed to fuel the plot more. Like where did Malekith like get his people from? How did he rally them? Really dive into the depth more of that character. Like this was like a to me this was an arc of a comic, or I mean I guess a manga does arcs better, and this would have been better portrayed on pages rather than the screen. Um, so I you're can't explaining believe... this as, like, trying to be a good thing, but it's coming out as a bad thing. I mean, I don't mean it to be. I mean, I think, I personally like the movie. I think it's uh, one of the worst, worst side of the movies. Like, it's on the bottom end. I don't know. All wrong place, wrong time kind of deal. But it's not, I don't think it's bad. I mean, I don't think it's terrible. Like, I watch it. I'll watch it when it's on. I'm like Iron Man 3. I don't, like, dislike it. Like, to me, it's fine. But I think as, like, a a film and like a like a cinematic movie and a storytelling like again if it was a comic c plus b sure but if because it was a movie and it didn't have all the attention that it needed and it wasn't like a complete beginning to end rolled out ironed out plot it gets a d there's a lot of missing pieces to it a lot of it feels like a little rushed to our movie seems rushed i um actually mike i, I kind of agree with you i i think this movie was rushed I'm giving this a D plus. Even no I'm giving this movie a D because <laughs> uh, even though it's like there are still some redeeming qualities in it. Like the movie honestly has some genuinely funny parts. Like when Thor just like hangs up his hammer on the coat rack. Does that mean that the coat rack is worthy? I don't know. But yeah, this movie, this movie just com- comparing it to other Marvel movies, it, absolutely deserves a d maybe even an f but i mean i would rather watch this than say you know suicide squad justice league any of that stuff i have a question is this the lowest grossing marvel movie no no i think incredible hulk Hulk, yeah i think that only made like 250 million dollars or something like that but that was also five years prior yeah and dark knight was out and iron man was out at that time that's a good point. Um, when I was 35, that's when the Hulk yeah. came out. But I think this is probably the lowest grossing movie since then. Uh, check Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man only grossed, like, I think 530? Something like that? 580? I think, you know, Ant-Man was a little bit more. So Okay. Um, anyway. Again, it's this movie was a better better tool than a, in a comic setting i think that um, i do agree with that's a good point i think malekith i think chris Eccleston did a great job as malekith i think malekith was a good villain i think malekith uh didn't get enough like love and screen time that he should have for a villain like that <laughs> could have introduced him a little bit in the first door to lead into this one could have done a bunch of things could have would have should have but um i think in like a fantasy movie it's fine I do uh, think with this making the least amount of money out of all the other ones in the phase, other than Ant-Man, that it's a telling sign. It might have made more than Ant-Man. It probably did. It, it did. It did. But still. So the next 
movie on our list is probably the best one. Ooh, debatable. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I th- okay. I think it's the best one on the on the list. I'm gonna go with it. Captain America: The Winter Soldier, April fourth, two thousand fourteen, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who we will see later on. Um, <laughs> they at the prior to this, they were known for Arrested Development, Community. Great shows. Screen written by Marcus and McFeely and executive produced by future friend of the show and our future best friend, Kevin Feige. I love you. Budget, $177 million and a box office grossed $714.3 million. I'm shocked this one didn't get a billion. Me too, a little bit. Starring... I think this, this was the time like, right before movies started to consistently get a billion. Yeah, this was probably also like after the last two movies, People were like, I don't want to get burned again. <laughs> uh, this movie starred Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson. We have Anthony Mackie coming in as Sam Wilson and the Slash the Falcon. Frank Gulo as Brock Rumlow. Robert Redford as Alexander Pierce. And then Samuel L. Jackson comes back as Nick Fury. Um, the plot of this movie is one of the better stories, I think, told in the MCU. Um, essentially, we, we learn that... Hydra, the bad group and the, that the Red Skull is in from the first uh, Captain America, has been around this whole time and is actually the one in charge behind S.H.I.E.L.D. So everybody's like a Hydra agent. It's a big secret. Gasp! S.H.I.E.L.D. dissolves. Captain America is now labeled as like a villain. He's on the run. We learned that, um, oh, I forgot to put Sebastian Stans in this movie as Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier. Who the hell we is learned- Bucky? Bucky is his best friend from when he was a kid, and he was in the first movie. So it's a reference, man. Um, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) The Winter Soldier is a Russian operative uh, trying, when they try to make a super soldier, uh, they ended up making the Winter Soldier. (gasps) He is the villain, and I'm using that in quotes, of the film. What really is Hydra. So Captain America is really just trying to figure everything out, trying to stop Hydra and figure out uh, how to bring S.H.I.E.L.D. back and do what he has to do. Again, this is really like terrible plot summary, but I mean, there's a good chance if you're listening to this, you've seen this. So I don't need to do that. Grade-wise, A, this movie's fantastic. Great action scenes, great plot, great story development, great character development. The supporting cast is great. It really sets up other movies. I think the Winter Soldier bringing him in was a good choice. Having Falcon come in was also a good choice. Uh, I think there may... I mean, Hydra itself is a good villain. Um, I think there was no central villain. Like, it was really Robert Redford's character. But there wasn't a, like, villain-villain, per se. Um, Like, a supervillain. Like, um... Like, 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 like Malekith you, or Loki or something like that. Are you saying but, that the Nazis aren't supervillains? I mean, techni- <laughs> they're the superest of villains. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're not the Nazis. They're Hydra because they don't. I don't. Did they ever refer to them as Nazis in the first one? No, because I think they made a point in the first Captain America movie where Red Skull was like, "Ah, we don't need those guys anymore." Yeah. So Hydra- they're red. So Hydra is probably actually better than Nazis because they disavowed Nazis. <laughs> Hydra, well, Hydra is one of the better villains of Marvel. <laughs> Hydra, we're not Nazis. The organization—that's a great slogan. <laughs> um, but I, I just think everything. This movie was just fantastic. The 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 way the story developed and when, like the twist that you find out 
who's a Hydra agent, who's not, who's behind it. And then you're like, well, what's going to happen next? This movie also tied into the show, Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. <gasps> and there was a big plot point in the show when S.H.I.E.L.D. pretty much dissolves and everybody's kind of on the run. And the so, most boring character ends up being a villain. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts? It's my favorite Marvel movie. Bold. I agree with you. It's up there for me, but it's not yeah. my favorite, but it's... it's it's excellent. It, even after like Endgame and Infinity War, it's still my favorite movie. I it that movie got me back into comic book movies because so after the other two, I was like really burnt out on it. But like this one, it was like it was such an original story. It was so much like action and suspense throughout the whole movie. The chemistry with all the actors is really good. Like it was my ship with Captain America and Black Widow. Damn it, didn't happen. <laughs> Oh, uh, that this the kiss scene was really. I thought I was just like, was "Ooh, that one! That one was for Tumblr." That's really what it was. Um, but I, I do have a question. So, if Hydra was around today, who would be Hydra agents in our government? No, Definitely absolutely not. not. We are not answering no. this. No, 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 no. We cannot answer that question. We are not on the nope. podcast. Can I just say? Nope. Ted Cruz would want to be a Hydra agent, but nobody would want him to be in it. <laughs> because he would bring potato salad after five other people said that they would in the chain email. Oh, but he's like, on, guys, you don't understand. My mom's recipe's the best. And it's just like, shut up, Ted. It's you a family picnic favorite. Who? Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> that would devastate the nation, but it's probably true. He would be. And he would put chemicals in the chicken. They already do. To control people. <laughs> Who says they don't? To be Hydra agents. They have a boyfriend simulator game. They really do. They I really do. That. That's yeah. weird. Anyway. Ron, what'd you think? <laughs> I thought this movie was a stone cold F. So the next movie on our list is Guardians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this movie is like a like an A. It's, it's really pretty... hard to like say bad, like go into detail and talk about the good ones because they're just like they're can just i actually like, can i actually say like the first time that i saw it i wasn't a huge fan of it like after the, the second time after a couple of my friends forced me to watch it again and i was like oh yeah it's pretty good i guess it was just because i was expecting something completely different and you know it just once i i got that out of my mind i was like oh okay this is actually like pretty good and it even Expecting what we were all expecting from Iron Man 3 and we got disappointed with. Mike, if I could punch through a computer. I'm giving this movie an A+, by the way. I didn't give a letter grade. Next, Phil? Ron, if you give this anything, anything other than an A, I think you're wrong. But sure, what do you, what do you give it? Um, I give it an A-. minus. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. This film... I had this conversation with Ron before it came out. I'm Ron. And I said to him, I said, Ron, this is going to be the first MCU flop. And boy, was I wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy, August 1st, 2014, directed by James Gunn. Uh, he wrote Tromeo and Juliet, the Scooby-Doo movie with Freddie Prince Jr., Dawn of the Dead, and Slither. It's a, the Scooby-Doo movie is surprisingly solid. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, screenwriting by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman. She was a consultant on Thor, Captain Marvel, and Detective Pikachu. Executive produced by Kevin Feige. Uh, budget 
232.2 million dollars and box office gross 773.3 million dollars i think that's a telling in and of itself that an unknown property to most people who weren't really really into comics because even if you read comics but you read just like the basics like the spider-mans the batmans stuff like that guardians really wasn't on many people's radar unless you were really into comic books even the characters that are in the guardians of the galaxy aren't really known in other series so for you to have gone into this being like wow i i think anybody who reads guardians now the majority of them read it because of this movie um 100 percent yeah for sure um i would love to see like see their book sales I like too. before the movie and after yeah, the movie. I think that's something we should look up. Intern. Yeah. Intern, get on that. <laughs> um, I think that the large box office gross is telling that the people had faith in MCU movies and that people just wanted to see it. Um, it had a great marketing push. Uh, it was really the soundtrack, probably the best soundtrack in the MCU. One of the best soundtracks in film, I would say. Um, the songs <laughs> that they chose to put in and to use, especially for the marketing material. Were awesome. Um, even people, uh, well, it's hooked on a feeling. Still, people are singing it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's also referenced in other movies too and shows. So they were onto something. They did a great job. Um, the soundtrack is a great road trip playlist. Also, very much so. Yeah, um, I would agree. The movie stars Chris Pratt as Peter Quill slash Star Lord, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax. Vin Diesel as Groot, Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon, Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser, Michael Rooker as Yondu, Karen Gillian as Nebula, Josh Brolin at makes an appearance as Thanos for the first time, and Benicio Del Toro as The Collector. All of these characters, even to some degree The Collector, I think are important for how the MCU plays out later on. They all have a, a plot and a role to play going forward. Um accidentally with ronan uh yeah kind of ronan the least of them all i think and then the collector but thanos ends up being the big bad of the whole yeah series um nebula's character grows phenomenally and throughout and she i think goes through some of the most changes of any character yondu really is in a vacuum and is really just in the guardian series Uh, but his important he is important to He's Star-Lord. Right, he's yeah. important to the series and to Star-Lord. And, and to Rocket. I mean, to all of them. Yeah. But the Guardians of the Galaxy play a huge role in the Infinity War and Endgame. So the plot is just kind of how these characters all come together. Um, they come together, it involves around an Infinity Stone, and uh, Thanos, we learn that he's trying to get them. Uh, Ronan is a Kree soldier who is kind of working for Thanos, who wants to destroy Xandar, which, hint, is the home of Nova. Um, Well, the Nova Corps in this, but not Nova himself. Oh, yeah, Glenn Close is in this movie. The, um... (laughs) So is, uh, what's his name? John C. Riley. Yes, he is. Thanks for the paychecks, fellas. Um, (laughs) The movie's really about how every character comes together, how they meet up. It's a a great team-up movie. And how they kind of overcome the odds and end up being friends and go on. Like, it's going to be the start of adventures to come. Um, really don't want to go into more than that just because of how great it is. Um, Friendship destroys everything. 
friendship can win overall. <laughs> friendship <laughs> destroys everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the lesson I learned. Out of this whole cast, who surprised you the most in terms of Ooh. just in general? Because I have mine. That's a good question. But who surprises you the most? Not I'm that they pick them. But I like, don't want to. I don't want to have it be a cop out and say all of them. But in their own right, they all did a tremendous job. Like, this movie was the one to show that Chris Pratt could be a leading man. Yes, because prior to this, he was on Parks and Rec. This one was the one that showed that Dave Bautista can act and act well. This showed Vin Diesel's range because he only said three words and he became the most popular character in the MCU by doing it. And Bradley Cooper showing off that he could be, like, this really funny, like, that he can win over the hearts of millions by being a raccoon with a funny accent. He's very witty. Yeah. Like, I think, like, all of them, and even Zoe did a fucking awesome job as Gamora, too. Like, all of them just did a really good job. But I think that's such a cop-out answer, saying that all of them, but... Ron? Um, Karen Gillian? Because I didn't know Which, who that was until I saw this movie. The, uh, she was in Doctor Who. She was, she was a companion, who. right? I never, I've never seen Doctor Who, so there you go. Same. But uh, she's beautiful with hair. I watched some <laughs> of her when she was in it, and she did a good job. I'm just not a huge fan of Doctor Who, but I thought she did a good job. Honestly, the one who surprised me the most was Dave Bautista as Drax. Oh, I think okay. He, yeah, that, he, that's probably my answer. He played the character, he was stellar. He made you believe the jokes. He, from being like, like watching his promos in wrestling, and he's like, oh, he was pretty good. He's a believable, I think he was a better baby face than he was a heel. Um, Disagree, but anyway. He, I, he carried SmackDown for years. He, the th- stuff with him and Edge was pretty good. I just liked him on Evolution, mostly. He was, but I mean, that was more Triple H. Yeah, but anyway, but we're not a wrestling we're not talking about wrestling right now. <laughs> Non-wrestling fans can turn the podcast back on. Um, <laughs> Batista, like, when he said, like, oh, that one flew over his head, he goes, if it would have flown over my head, I would have catch, catch it. Nothing flies over my head. I would catch it. My reflexes my are too fast. I would catch right, it. exactly. <laughs> like, and he's just so... Um, Deadpan. He commits to the yeah, job. Yeah, and it's just so... But that's his character, and he just does it well with the straight face, and then... The way he laughs, and it's just so like obnoxious. Plus, like that's all him. Like he's a big dude, mm-hmm. and many actors and actresses. I feel like some of them play a character, but some, very few become the character. I think he became Drax. Yeah, and like he really owned it, and he that that carries on in the other ones, and like comic book wise, Drax is insanely strong. I think not as they don't portray. I think it would have been like OP if he was portrayed that way in this. But um, just the way Batista delivered his lines and the way he acted, I think surprised everybody. And mm-hmm. he was the, my biggest surprise because the other people, uh, Chris Pratt, and we knew could be a funny guy. Zoe Saldana was prior to this was an Avatar. Um, she did a good job of playing an alien there and Star Trek. And Star Trek, you're right. She's great in Star Trek yeah. as a horror. Um, Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel. Bradley Cooper, <laughs> I 
never saw him do uh, voice acting like this, kind of. But um, I didn't really, I couldn't tell it was him because that's how well Rocket's voice was. Because usually, you know, you can tell somebody who they are. Couldn't tell. But I think Batista really came out of left field and surprised everybody. Yeah, so this movie is probably my, uh, might be my favorite Marvel movie. So A+. Yeah, I also gave it an A+. I will give it an A as well. Uh, outside of Infinity War and Endgame, is Winter Soldier and the First Guardians the best... How can I put it? Is it the best... Back-to-back? Back-to-back yes. films in the whole no. phases? Uh, what do you think was the best back-to-back? I think it's these two. But I'm asking you guys oh, no. if there's another yeah, because back-to-back the ones I'm, movies. The ones I'm thinking of weren't back-to-back. Because there was Infinity War was in the middle. Oh, well, I was trying to exclude them. But I forgot about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So um, No, I was not thinking of that. I was thinking Black Panther, Captain Marvel. But Infinity War was in the middle. Oh, uh, okay. So but I mean, Black Ant-Man Panther and, and Infinity War could... Yeah, I mean, that's oh, a pretty I mean, good... Yeah, but I think... Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which were the best ones. But, no, back-to-back, yes, these were the best, too. He went with a home run to hit another home run. Yeah, back-to-back homers. I give it an A. Uh, I, a plus, I want, uh, maybe. These are the only two Marvel movies that I own. So that goes to show you what I think about them. Until I, I buy all 57 of them. I used to think that... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is better than 1, but I had since changed my mind and went back to thinking 1 is better than 2. I don't know, 1 just felt very, like, homey, homesome movie. Well, we'll talk about 2 when we get to Phase 3, yeah. but just as a Guardians little... 1 is like the chicken noodle soup of Marvel <laughs> movies. Um, it's, it's what home is. What many people will disagree with you, though, is this next film. Mm-hmm. Avengers Age of Ultron, oh my May God. 1st, 2015, had a ton of hype surrounding it, directed and written by Joss Whedon, executive produced by our future best friend, Kevin Feige, <laughs> uh, at us. Um, budget was $495.2 million. I believe that's, this is the most. That blows my mind. This also Well, be... I mean, the budget, I'm sure most of it was to, you know, pick up a city from the earth. Well, I think this was... Down. I think this was the most... Uh, one of the high, like, most expensive movies ever made. Not just Marvel. I think, period. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at the marketing on it, too. So, add, tack in another couple hundred mil. Um, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, box office, $1.405 billion with a B. With a B. So, a lot of money. It did make money. I believe it's considered a financial success. Yeah, it doubled its budget. So, yeah. Um... Yes, but I think like if you factor marketing dollars, oh, it okay. still broke even. I mean, it still made money. Because um, usually they say double the budget, and that's marketing mm-hmm. included, and then this this it makes it in there. Um, everybody returns. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, and then we get Aaron Taylor Johnson as Pietro slash Quicksilver. Make sure the paycheck. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda slash Scarlet Witch, Paul Bettany as the voice of Jarvis slash Vision, and then James Spader as Ultron. So Tony is, wants a suit around the world to protect the Earth from aliens that are coming. And it's kind of, some people agree, some people don't. He ends up 
creating Ultron and Ultron ends up being a murderous violent robot and it just kind of goes from there um I think the visual effects in this movie are great I think James Spader's performance doesn't get enough love that it should uh, uh, I don't know about that a, a lot of people think that it, Ultron was like too funny but you gotta remember Ultron was based off of his creator which was Tony Stark in the movie in the comic book it was Hank Pym in the movie it was Tony Stark who is a more funny sarcastic kind of character hence Ultron with the jokes so I saw it that way that's why I don't hate this movie I think it's out of the Avengers movie is this the bottom tier but by no means did I think this movie sucked. I think there's a lot worse movies slash, you know, cough Iron Man 3. Um, I think this movie is like straight up middle of the road. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a C plus. I think the visuals were great. I think it introduced Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I, you know, I don't really have much bad to say about it. Not as much good I do as the other Avengers movies, but I, I, I you know, it's, what do you guys think? Ron? I think this movie is a C and probably the most disappointing of all the MCU movies, if I'm going to be honest. Just because, obviously, the, the first Avengers was great. Uh, probably that and Guardians are my favorite Marvel movies. And Ultron is one of my favorite villains in the comics. And I thought that he would just be so menacing and he would be able to shake things up like uh, Hydra did in Cap 2. And I don't know. It was just really disappointing. The plot was just weird and there were some weird characters. And I think like most Marvel movies, the, the, the finale was still pretty good, but all in all, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a bad effort. And to me, you can see why Marvel wanted to move away from Joss Whedon and move toward the Russo brothers. Matt? I mean, I don't really have too much to say about this movie. I think it had a lot of, like, Iron Man 3, where it was such a letdown coming off of the hype. We And, like, especially after, like, the opening sequence where they're, like, running down the mountain and fighting all together, like... It was just like, oh, this is going to be a great movie. And then it kind of ended up being, like, I don't know. It, it was okay. I think pe- it gets a bad rep. Like, I don't want to say people think that it's so badly rated that it's kind of good. But I think it's just, like, average. But I think that the hype leading up to it is a big letdown. So I'll probably give it a C-. minus. Do you guys think that this is also one of the worst movies to make a billion dollars? No, not by any stretch of the means. Um, I'd have to look at the full list, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a future episode of the show. <laughs> um, worst movies, in our opinion, to gross uh, over a billion, and you all know what mine is. <laughs> I kind of think that this might be one of the worst ones. No. personally there's a lot of crap on this list there's a lot of crap but there's also like there's a reason why a movie makes a billion dollars transformers though. age of extinction that was probably asia for rosen frozen's a great movie although tangled is a lot better I would frozen agree with is that a good movie all of the pirates movies that aren't the first one i have no idea because i've never seen them 
I mean, I got a lot to say about that one, but no, I don't think this is by any stretch of means. We should do a draft of the billion dollar movies. Oh. Where we, like, do, like, a snake draft of it. Only Iron Man 3 is a bad movie on our list. Well, no, the Pirates ones are pretty bad. Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, that's for a future show. Yes, that is a future show. We should do a a draft of that. That's what we call in the business a tease. I don't think Age of Ultron is one of the worst ones. I think Age of Ultron is just middle of the road. I think for an Avengers movie, it's the weakest one, for sure. But from an MCU movie, no. I think Ultron is a very important villain that didn't get enough love that he should have. I also think that... I wish James Spader had something better to work with. Because I think he would have been a very good, like, more menacing villain. And he kind of came off that way in the trailer. Yes, the trailer of the um, the No Strings, like Aladdin creepy song, was mm-hmm. great. Um, uh, Pinocchio. Ultron in the Sorry, trailers was kind of akin... <laughs> Ultron in the trailers was kind of akin to the Mandarin in the Iron Man 3 trailers for me. Yeah. It, it wasn't nearly as bad, but uh, still to me it was kind of like, oh, Ultron is making a joke about cracking eggs. Okay. Well, Ultron is so strong of a character that he's up there with some of the baddest of the MCU. Like, he decimated the Earth when he was, you know, an Age of Ultron, like the comic. Yeah, I know. That's why, That's why. like, I don't think he was properly represented in this movie. I mean, to be fair, he literally lifted a piece of the planet off and then dropped it. No, right. I mean, but I think... <laughs> that's pretty powerful. I think Ultron is strong enough of a character that at the next phase of the MCU, 4, 5, and 6 he could have been the main villain. Yeah, they. I mean, they could also bring him back. Not at this point. I think they're, that ship sailed. Well, that's a shame. And now you have... Because Ultron's really cool. I'd be cool with Ultron coming back in the WandaVision TV series. Hmm. The main villain of the TV series wouldn't be so bad, but I think budget-wise... I mean, they're going to say they're going to have mini-budgets of, like... They're going to be, like, $25 million budgets per episode. Plus, Probably what's James guess. Spader doing? The Blacklist? Is that <laughs> yeah, still the on Blacklist. television? Yes, it is. Wow, good for him. <laughs> he's he's the main dude, right? Yeah. Wow. And he's also the Lizard King. What is the Blacklist? I am the Blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're still with us, we have one more movie for Phase 2. You can see our enthusiasm for Phase 2 other than for Guardians and Winter Soldier because they're just okay movies except for that piece of garbage Iron Man 3. It's the wet fart. I keep saying it, but it's a wet fart. This next movie, uh, box office-wise and, you know, hype-wise, for being one of the cornerstone characters of the Avengers in the comic, one of the originals, well, technically, the character, not the person playing the character, anyway. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, I guess, because it was Hank Pym, not Scott Lang, but besides the point. The, and then the future, for what role this character will play in future MCU films, I think Ant-Man... The next movie, Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man doesn't sound appealing to many. Uh, and it's kind of... He wasn't really much of a really well-known character. Uh, he wasn't your Spider-Man. He wasn't your Hulk. He wasn't your Iron Man. He was just Ant-Man. Um, if you were a comic book fan, a comic book lover, uh, Hank Pym and Scott Lang were both very important in the MCU or in, and, and Marvel Universe, not cinematic. Um, but... This movie came out July 17th, 2015. 
And it was directed by Peyton Reed, who directed Bring It On. Fantastic movie, by the way. Agreed. Um, like I cannot disagree with that assessment. Like, totally freaked me out. The Breakup and Yes Man. Uh, Screenwritten by Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, and World's End. All great movies. And Paul Rudd. Hey. Uh, he Also a future friend of the show. Hi, Paul. We're on a first name <laughs> basis. Damn. Um, executive produced by... Only when uh, you have a name tag on. <laughs> I did not. He just asked me what my name was. I said, Mike. And he goes, hi, I'm Paul. I was like, eh, we're on a first name basis. I know. Did you ask if you were on a first name basis? It's implied. <laughs> That's so defensive with that. <laughs> it's implied. Uh, just like we're going to be on a first name basis with this next guy, executive produced by Kevin Feige. Hello, Mr. Feige. Uh, this movie starring Paul, who played Scott Lang in <laughs> Evangeline Lilly, who played Hope Van Dyne. Corey Stahl as Darren Cross uh, slash Yellow Jacket. Uh, Michael Pena as Luis. And Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. The reason why Michael Pena's character was included in my list right now, even though he's a minor supporting role, is because Ron's excellent plot summaries are based off of summaries that Michael Pena's character Luis gives. Although I do not do them nearly as well as he does. False. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I think he had a script that he memorized and read off of and you improv. That's the only difference. Improving is harder. Scott Lang played by Paul, comes out of prison. Uh, <laughs> he's an engineer of some sort. Does a bunch of stuff. Hank Pym used to be Ant-Man. Um, they Ron, you know what? You give a way better intro or plot summary. You do it. Okay, so uh, first of all, like we see, like, you know, it's back in like the 1980s and Ant-Man is all, or what, what, Hank Pym is all like, ooh, I don't want you to take my formula. And then the, the soon-to-be uh, like Hydra guy is like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take it. And then Ant-Man is like, if you ever do something to my wife again, I'll hit you. And then Howard Stark is just like, he'll do it. And then like, we go to like the, the present and, and Ant-Man's all like, Oh man, I'm in jail. And then Luis gets him out of jail. And Luis is like, Oh, my life is pretty depressing, but I still got the ban. And then, uh, Paul is, who plays Ant-Man is all like, Oh man, I'm divorced. And I got my, my, my daughter. You can't call him Paul. Mr. Rudd is all like, oh man, my 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 daughter is uh, there with my ex-wife, and my ex-wife's boyfriend is a no good cop. And so, and then, like Michael Douglas is all like, hey man, you want to help me steal some crap? And Ant Man is all like, sure, yeah, okay. And then Hope Van Dyne is like, I think I should be stealing the crap. And then Mr. Rudd is all like, yeah, I think that too. And then Michael Douglas is like, oh no, family. And then like Mr. Mr. Rudd like goes to the thing and Corey Stahl is being like, you know, he's getting all crazy from the Ant-Man juice in his head. And he's like, I will destroy you. And then like the cure plays while they're fighting in a suitcase. And then at the end of it, Corey Stahl like kind of disappears into nothingness and a giant ant like walks across. And at the end of the movie, Captain America is just like, I know Bucky. And yeah, that's the post credit scene. Great job. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a B plus. Uh, honestly, I think the Ant-Man series is the most underrated 
of any probably superhero movie series of any of them, just not MCU. Um, I think this movie is great. I really wish we would have gotten to see the Edgar Wright version of this. I know that's a lot. Of, that's a reason that a lot of people haven't seen it. I still think it's worth the watch. It's yeah, just, this it's movie just a was in movie. like production hell for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, like literally, I think he was. I think Ant Man was supposed to be in the first Avengers movie, and Kevin Feige, or yeah, our future best friend, was just kind of like, no, I'll just wait to make the movie until Edgar Wright is free, and then you know things happened. Okay, Matt, what did you think? Um, I thought that this movie was a little less than okay. A lot of the comedy didn't hit me as well as, like, it did with other people. Um, I use this movie as, like, an argument that I think that Marvel tries to be more funny than they actually are and or they should be. And I think that this movie is a big example of it. Although when I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was expecting more of it. But I was very surprised in how they, like figured it out also the whole cast of like the ant-man crew is great i think they're i think all of them is funny michael pena t uh t-pain right no no some ti yeah (laughs) it had something to do with a t oh man if t-pain was part of that crew that'd be awesome i have Um, to say my my favorite moment from this movie is just like the moment when louise and t-pain and david or they're in the van and then they roll up to the cops and they're like, Oh, we just got to back it up. You know, just, just keep backing it up. And then they just back up the van. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is back it up. I'll give it a C for me personally. This was the movie that uh, I got, I got uh, superhero movie fatigue from too much, too much and not enough time. I give it a B. I think Paul did a great job. He was funny. Uh, he was very reminiscent of his other works. Um, I think Corey Stahl does not get enough love as Yellow Jacket. He plays a very good villain where he he's not menacing. He's kind of that 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 business like Michael Douglas in Wall Street ruthlessness to him um evangeline lily i thought was a good choice for hope um i would have liked to have seen her as the wasp but i I get that this was meant to have paul be introduced more than ant-man and scott lang um and that to really develop that character so that's fine um i think the dynamic between him and hank pym was good uh, I think the special effects were not cheesy, but they weren't super serious. Like, he was riding an ant. And, like, you know, if you zoom in on an ant, they're really ugly-looking things. But they made it, like, cute-looking. So, I thought that was fine. Um, the plot was a pretty standard plot. Uh, nothing too crazy out of the ordinary that really jumped out at you that was different. But it was a it's an origin movie and it's one of the uh last origin movies until we get to 2018 with black panther, black panther. so wow. we, go, we go a little bit oh, wait, no. what about doctor what about doctor strange 
Oh, you're right. I forgot about Doctor Strange. All right. But I mean, that's that was, fine uh, anyway, because all the origin movies are the same movie, just with different characters and settings. More or less. I thought this was mo- this one was more comical than the others. Um, I thought the 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 what's it called? This, the security company. Uh, what is it called? Con. Oh, I'm not blinking on it. They're like. I, th- I think that happens in the sequel, XCOM. Yeah. Okay. So that that group though, I think they meshed really well. Yeah. And uh, like you all said, Michael Pena's Luis was really funny, and the it, it was comedic but done right tastefully, and it didn't overdo it and didn't overkill the movie. Some sometimes that happens, but no, I think Edgar Wright really knows what he's doing in terms of comedy as well as action. If you look at his list of movies, so I get a Scott Pilgrim esque vibe from this. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think this is one of the better origin stories for sure. Um, I think Ant-Man and Wasp is a little bit better. I agree. But, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, I think probably B plus. I forget what I would give it. But, um. I mean, it's you. You, you. I can't remember. I had it all laid out in my head. <laughs> but, um, you know, every time I see it, I change my mind, but. Yeah, Paul's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> he's really nice in real life. And funny. He's very handsome. He is. I think of him as like... Uh, he's like the average celebrity in Hollywood. Like, you could throw him in almost any movie and people will be like, Hey, it's Paul Rudd. We should see it. Uh, we're on a first name basis. He's my friend. Well, I... Alright, Mr. Rudd. <laughs> I think, uh, no, I, so, wraps up the MCU Phase 2, uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, I believe this was one of the weaker ones of them, I think there was some, I think just because of what one was, I mean, some people say one was pretty weak, but I think one was better than a lot of people give it credit for. I have a perfect metaphor for this. Go for phase. it. So, this phase reminds me of Shawshank Redemption. When Andy Dufresne is just chilling out in that pipe of poop, and then he come, he come, he sees a light in the tunnel, and he walks towards it and pops his head out, and it's Captain America: The Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, and he goes, "Ah, there's hope," and then he just gets thrown back into the tunnel and is stuck there for like a couple more hours, and then he finally gets out and does the whole like, "Hey, I'm free, but I'm covered but in gross his- stuff." So, he takes his shirt off, yeah. and he's not covered with a single inch of poo. <laughs> but yeah, that's my uh, that's my analogy of uh, that face. And I think I nailed it. I think I did a great job. Yeah, no, I not bad. Yeah. I give your rating a C. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Rudd is beautiful in it. I think I could yeah. get a better grade in it. <laughs> if I had to give Mike's grades a grade, I would probably say maybe a C-. minus. I give you um, a D for dumb, because that's what you are. So I think we should wrap this up before <laughs> one of them grabs each other through a computer and starts beating each other up. So uh, I will murder you! So after that death threat, uh, be sure to <laughs> like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast, popculturefederation.com. You can also follow us. We don't have a website yet. We At Pop Culture Fed on Twitter. <laughs> Not Federation, Fed, because it's a lot of letters. Uh, 
Pop sorry. Culture Fed. At Pop Culture Fed on Twitter, where we're going to start posting more, and it's not going to be just me retweeting crap. Yeah, we should get on that. Uh, and <laughs> Wait, what's the best way to get social media clout? Give us some comments on pop, at Pop Culture Fed on how to get some more social media clout. We would really appreciate it, youngins. We're also still a work in progress, so if we suck, we're sorry. No, we're fabulous. All right. I'm fabulous. My name is Ron. I'm Matt. And I'm Mikey. Thank you for joining us, and please stay tuned for MCU Phase 3, where we talk about the best phase of the MCU, and (gasps) you'll hear my favorite movie and how Ron disagrees with that. Have a good night. Bye, Mom. Bye.